Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL podcast for first week of finals 2022. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who takes issue with Craig McRae, Collingwood coach, for his post-game press conference. It is Adam Rosenbachs. G'day, Michael. G'day, Junk Timers. What a round of football we just went through the first week of finals, the qualifying and elimination finals, possibly... I think, and we'll get to it very shortly, the best opening round of finals I can remember, but sullied, I think, by Craig mm. McRae, who, after the game, so absolute belter of a qualifying final on Saturday afternoon between Collingwood and Geelong. Just two superpowers going toe-to-toe for two and a half hours. It was a fucking amazing game. And Collingwood got home by... Uh, one kick, one goal they got home by, and a few players, Collingwood players, slumped to the ground at the end of the game. You know, they were exhausted. It was tough. They couldn't believe what had happened. And Craig McRae took umbrage with his players reacting like that and said, don't do that. You're not losers. We may have <laughs> lost the game. You're not losers. And Craig McRae, I just need to tell you that your team on Saturday afternoon were a bunch of fucking losers. <laughs> because when you have less points than the opposition <laughs> team. And trust me, I have supported the team for 20 <laughs> years and I know what a fucking loss looks like, mate. And that were that was a bunch. That was a team that lost. Therefore, ipso facto, they're losers. Ipso facto? Fucking hell, you got you the big words right early. Yeah, but also, yeah. I, I mean, in Carlton's defence, like they don't often slump to the ground because they didn't put the effort <laughs> in in the first place. That's but true. Yes, uh, I'm looking at the other website right now. It was Geelong, 78, Collingwood, 72. Mm. I think Craig McRae, they, that your team lost. Yes, you have lost your mind. Like, yeah, I guess you're right. When Carlton lose, they're over there shaking hands, laughing, having fun, <laughs> thinking about how they're just going, where's, paid where's the, gonna be fine. <laughs> who's getting a brown paper bag tonight, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so I guess, have you ever heard a coach kind of speak like that to just go, hey, we're not, uh, we're not losers. We've still got another game to play. They did really well. And ultimately, you know, you're still a bunch of good guys who aren't losers. And it's like, yeah, I get what he's kind of saying. Maybe don't lie on the ground. But also, in the moment, you just go, I'm fucking cooked, mate. Like, I'm lying on the yeah. ground because I lost. Yeah, like, it was an incredible game. Like, to the effort they all put in. Like, if you're the winner, you can put up your arms. If you lose, like, you just go, oh, I just want to lie on the ground for a while because it really fucking hurts being a footballer. Well, just to lose like that, like when it, you kind of go, because, you know, um, was the start of the fourth, they got out to a two-goal lead. And so you kind of thought, oh, Collingwood probably got this. And then to lose the way they did, you can see why they slump on the ground. Like, yeah, yeah. I would have fucking thrown boots into the crowd, spat at opposition. Like, I wouldn't have taken it, you know, very well. 
No, you would have taken out the mascot. Oh, absolutely. Half cat, mate. He fucking he would have copped a flying <laughs> spinning heel kick. Fuck that motherfucker. Catman. Who's gonna he's gonna who's gonna be brought up later in footballs in real life. I would have gone for Catman. I would have fucking he would have had no um makeup left by the time I was finished with him. But what an incredible week of finals. They were all remarkable games. Like even even you look at the, like the biggest margin was, you know, twenty two points, Melbourne, Sydney. Yeah. But you go like, they were all absolutely incredible, weren't they? Well, let's start Thursday night. And yep. it just like, okay, now I have a vested interest in this because I work on the front bar. Mick Malloy, probably one of the biggest Richmond supporters that is out there. And for the last two weeks of the season, he has rejoiced in Carlton's um, mishandling of their final two games. Um, put it I like mean, that. he's not a Robinson Crusoe, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So for Richmond to go an absolute fucking belter of a game, 16 goals apiece. And it was one of those games too where you kind of, if you look at the score, you're like, oh, it must have been very defensive. And, you know, they just were, oh, you know, let them off the chain. It just went end to end. But it was super high pressure and it was fucking on from start to finish. And yeah. then firstly, for Tom Lynch to have a goal overturned because Dude. basically the arc had 17 different angles that they looked at of Tom Lynch's face and went, he doesn't think he's kicked it, we're going to overturn it. And that was fucking incredible. Now, what do you reckon? Goal or not? I feel like... I I didn't think it was, no. I feel like over the post. Yeah, I'm the same. But I also thought, massive call for the umpire to go, I think it's a goal, but can you check? Like, how could he see? He needed to be like way behind the post to be able to see, like, up and that high. And he's going... Well, wait, nah, how, nah. Wait, 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 how can he see? Like, he's fucking the goal umpire. Like, he's standing there next to the post. Like, he should be able to see. He should be able to, you know, make a pretty clear call. Yeah, but they're pretty shit at their jobs, don't you think? Like, the fa- I think the arc is exposed at how pathetic goal umpires are. Like, they must have made... If we go back through, like, decisions in the 80s and 90s, there must be so many where you're like, he's got no fucking idea, but he's just fucking... He's going, he's just, you know, blindly going, uh, I think that was a goal. And then they Dude, couldn't I argue reckon, the point, so everyone just went back to the middle. I do reckon, actually, if you go back in the past, like, you could find a whole bunch of calls. I mean, famous ones, obviously, um, Libba in Tom the Hawkins. 97. Oh, yeah. um, Tom yep. Hawkins, yeah, fucking, fucking bounced off the post. <laughs> the goal upper <laughs> in the head. See, my, my case in point, um, goal and, um, were pretty fucking shit out. Uh, Anthony Rocker in 02, grand final. Oh, yeah, he was convinced he kicked the goal, wasn't he? Now. It was Collingwood, so we're not going to protest too hard. <laughs> but, yes. but yeah, imagine all of, all of history, like how many times. But then also, like I think about it with cricket as well. You know, when they have Snicko and the fucking DRS Hawkeye or whatever, and yep. I go, I feel bad for the umpires in cricket actually by the fact that they have like three different ways to work out whether the, it's LBW or you know catch. And it's yeah, like, they're, they're actually regularly getting shown up for being shit at the Yeah, job. yeah. And it's like a dude yeah. who's like got to look at the front foot line for a no ball, then look up at someone who bowled a like 100-mile ball, and then they go, oh, we're just going to bring in $150 million of Israeli <laughs> military equipment <laughs> to, to see if you fuck this up. It's like, yes, of course they fucked it up. Yep. It's fucking impossible. But I think what football fans want is for the AFL to show the vision... Because clearly, 
clearly they only have what's on the broadcast, right? Yeah. And so the Channel 7 broadcast in that one shot where you can kind of maybe get a sense of whether the ball went over the top of the post, the top of the post was out of shot. So you're just like, it's so fucking shit that they go, is that, because then they go, oh, no, no, we have definitive. And you're like, well, show us definitive. <laughs> show me that it's over the top of the post. You know, it's very funny how the AFL very quickly went like, no, 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 nothing to see absolutely. here. Absolutely. <laughs> yep, absolutely went, went through. It wasn't, it wasn't a goal. You know what? Just maybe just, um, is it time that we have higher posts? Like a post that would reach over the grandstand. Well, actually, I mean, there could be an argument for that, actually. Like, you kind of, you know, if you add a few metres to the post, like, you can actually get more definitive versions. Or why not make the post bigger than mm. a regular kick? Would that make sense? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it does. Because I reckon in the 80s and 90s, posts were shorter and they have become slightly longer but just make them so long and sure you know they might wobble in the wind and stuff like that but that's the price you got to pay so because you know they could say it could cost you a final it has cost a team a final and it's really amusing because it was richmond <laughs> and then they go down the other end of the ground uh bailey kicks it long and joe danaher has five richmond players around him and not one of them could smoke the ball into the 30th uh row of the grandstand and Joe Danaher just gets a, you know, the, um, uh, the toenail to it and kicks the Did goal. Did the cobra, mate. Did the cobra. <laughs> Did he cobra up? No, well, I'm making that up. Um, so then we had Melbourne and Sydney. Now, I'm, I, I was talking to my nephew actually last night about this. I actually, I actually don't mind the idea of Buddy going out with a flag. I think actually that would be a nice little uh, punctuation mark on his 10 years at the Swans, even though he's a low dog, dirty trader. Um, mm. I actually feel like I'm, I'm getting on board the buddy train and the, and the Swans train, even though uh, yeah, I'd like Melbourne to win it as well. But yep. um, I actually fell asleep at about half time in this one, but I've been up from about 3am doing some work I had to get in. And so it actually surprised me, this result, because it seemed to be like Melbourne, you know, we're getting a good handle on stuff. Um, but yeah, Swans prelim. That's pretty so I was I was at that game. Stephen May absolutely dominated Buddy. Like it's it's kind of you can just see Buddy's at the um you know he's at the end of his powers. He's not he's not commanding the best. You know he still gets the best defender, but the best defender can easily beat Work him. him and Stephen yeah, May gotcha. Just, yeah, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Him. And then and the free kicks that Buddy got, you know, it was just like there wasn't a lot in it. It was just him really going to ground easily. Like, particularly the 50, that was just like, there was nothing in that. So, you know, the umpires still look out for him, but he wasn't as effective as he has been previously. But it just means someone else gets off the chain. And, mate, how long How long do you reckon... Does it feel like Sam Reid has been playing forever? Uh, that actually is a very good point. I actually feel like he has been playing forever. Hey, um, where were you sitting at the ground? Did you go corporate uh, again? Yeah, absolutely. I was in the Fox Footy box once again, thanks to our good Sheesh. friends at Fox Footy. Um, but you know, you know what looked great actually, because that's on the uh, in the Shane Warne stand, and it was seventy eight thousand people there on uh, Friday night, so it was quite quite well attended. But you could, like, our view took you could see the members, and the members was fucking packed. Oh, really? All the Mel- Melbourne yeah. people? Yeah. Okay. Sam Reid yeah. first played in twenty ten. Yeah, okay. It feels like he's been going around for a little bit longer than that because he's been in and out of the side and injured so much. And he was fucking great. They, they were really good, mate. They swarmed Sydney. They're, they're, 
they're a huge chance to get through to the grand final. Like whoever they get, they get either what Collingwood or Frio up in Sydney, up at Rod Carter Studios. Yeah, fuck man. Maybe that's one I should go to. Hey. Yep, absolutely. Do, does Fox have a box that SCG <laughs> I can get in oh, on? You'd like you'd like to think they would. Mate, come on. Two years of the beep test. Fucking pay my dues. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And then we head to uh, Saturday Arvo, uh, yeah. Pies and Cats, and that was another fucking blockbuster. That was remarkable. Gary Rowan undid all the rules of the past. Of the past. How? But how about when he when he dropped that mark just with like you know when uh, then he handballed onto Holmes who kicked the goal to put him up by a goal, but you just went, oh no, no. But, Dude, I am. Um, but luckily that was so far out that it didn't matter. But. How was that the, fucking at, pack at mark the start and goalie of the game, took? I got the uh, junk time Twitter account up on our thingo, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, how many Gary Warren tweets am I gonna put out today?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then he fucking kicked the I did think that seat. I had one. I had one ready to go, but it didn't didn't need to be done. Yeah, I was just watching. I was just going, like, "Here we go." Okay, Gary. <laughs> okay, Gary. <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you, What are you not gonna do today, Gary? Yeah. But I mean, I don't think the um, I don't think the ghosts are dead, but they're yeah, put off a bit for a while. Yes, he played an exceptionally good game. But how good was fucking uh, how good was Jordan Ngoi for starters? He was unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, Jeremy Cameron was fucking amazing. Did you see the um die from Ginnivan? Yes, dude. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, they, I think the big juke with the big juke uh, put up the big hands. But he uh, talked about, you know, they don't want to pay him free kicks. It's like, yeah, because he clearly didn't get pushed in the back and he dived about five metres. Yeah, he didn't get pushed in the back that hard. I was reading the article today by um, by Robbo, Mark Robinson, and he said that he reckons that Luke Darcy will get a please sort of explain from the AFL, just saying, or more of a like, hey, don't say that Ginnivan, you know, is a diver. Yeah, really. Do you reckon wow. the AFL will get in contact with broadcasters and be like, hey, can you not say that kind of stuff? That's very interesting, actually. That's actually an interesting kind of thing in terms of, like, um, does the AFL have that kind of power if they kind of tell commentators not to say certain things? Yeah, because someone sent us today on our socials, I think it was on Instagram, that um, uh, there was, like, a survey going, which football podcast do you listen to? And we were listed as a part of, like, an official AFL uh, website survey. So they clearly, if they're listening, if they're aware of us, that means someone Hello, has to AFL. listen to us. <laughs> yeah, that means someone has to listen to us. And how have we not gotten up to a thousand please explains per week? <laughs> Going, stop saying this about that person. You can't say that about them. <laughs> uh, stop mentioning. Can you lay off Razor Ray Chamberlain? And like yeah. when the time we um we proposed a new rule that mm. if a player gets bumped high or whatever and then other players come in to fly the flag, we put forward the prospect that oh, you had five round. minutes to fly in the flag yeah. and you could use yeah. anything. You can <laughs> rip a chair out. You could whack a player yeah. with a chair and they couldn't fight back. And the yeah. AFL never took us up on that, but they're clearly listening. And, you know, the AFL Black Ops obviously have their spies everywhere. Like, they're, they're probably yeah. tuning into this, like, you know, tuning into Wi-Fi right now while we're talking to each other. Yeah, uh, and probably our stuff comes out censored, so we we don't even listen back to it. But it's the probably AFL redacted. Probably, it's probably a transcript yeah. with a lot of redacted. Yeah. It's, but it's a lot of yeah. four-letter words that are redacted. <laughs> yes, yeah, I can't work true. out what and that also, means. And also, uh, things that Mark Neild may have said that got redacted <laughs> from our live show last <laughs> week. Um, 
And then we finished so off on Saturday night with um, Frio and the dogs. And the dogs came out firing. But then uh, Frio proved uh, too strong in the end. 13-point win. Yeah, but I think the dogs were 40 points up at one stage. Yeah, they got out to uh, 41. And it looked like how far the dogs. Like, mm. I think it was five goals to none in the first quarter. And then um, they came home with, I think, four in a row. And you just went, oh, this is fucking on the doggies. They, they, the doggies don't like Optus Stadium. They should actually ban themselves from playing over there. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they can maybe request they play only at Subiaco from now on. Yeah, because the last two finals they've had over there, I think they've had a run of, I think it's about 30 goals to 30. Three or something or four, something like that. Oh, dude, dude. Yeah, so they they're not a fan. They don't love it, you know. And then uh, we look at the other final that involved Carlton. Da 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 da. da. We're talking da, VFL now, da, are da. we? <laughs> this is how pathetic you've become. Hey, can we, so uh, next week we have next week we have the D's versus the Lions, which has got uh, you know the sort of little sidebar because um, Thursday night Richmond uh, Brisbane was so frenetic that Dane Zorko couldn't even wish death on someone's mum. That's how much that's how pacey it was, and so that is going to be the return game of that. So there's a little bit of a you know a little bit of a sidebar to that game, which is going to be great. And then you got Frio and Collingwood, Justin Longmuir, who kind of set up. Collingwood's defensive um, scheme before he went to Frio. So he knows exactly the way that they play. Do you reckon Zorko actually said that? Or do you think it's the other thing? No, I think it's, I think it's the death to the mum. Because the mum came out and said, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> You're a, a mum of a footballer and you've got to come out and be like, no, look, I'm, punch me well, in the stomach. Like, I'm a picture of health. Like, <laughs> but maybe like all her friends were ringing up and texting going is there something wrong with you like do you, you're okay so she just came out and her and her partner were like no no she's fine there's nothing wrong oh, with it god dude so be careful what you say in the footy field because the mums then have to come out and you know defend themselves and that's wrong i i remember playing uh, in the amateurs i don't like to talk about it 1999 best first year player st mary's and um d4 division no big deal and um uh, was that also? I, did you also win best last year player when they delisted you? No, I think I played played till pre season two thousand two. So okay, I think I got a job and therefore I kind of couldn't. Um, I had to. I didn't want to get a bad injury, but um, you didn't want to injure your beautiful little face for skit. Well, that's the that thing. Right? I mean, it was on camera roll, yeah. so yeah, you got look good. Yeah. But I actually <laughs> had a. Opposition player. I think we're playing Eltham actually, and it's the fucking worst umpire. I've ever, the, the umpire was talking about going out with the team that night, like going out with the opposition. <laughs> he was like, "Where are we going, boys?" Oh, and God. I got a free in like the last term, and I was like, "You are the worst umpire I've ever seen." He's like, "Oh mate, well, just worry about having a kick." But um, the insult that one of the players gave me. And I, I don't like to use this word, but um, a player suggested that my father would jizz in my hair. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, what? <laughs> it's so nuanced. And I was like, okay, okay, that's okay, that's clearly a thing that has happened to you in the past, and you need well, I, to be talking to someone. What I like about it is that 
you know, it, it was so left of field that it made you think about it. You know, you weren't <laughs> just like, you know, if it was anything else, like, oh, you know, the regular that, you know, slept with your mum and all that kind of stuff. You yeah. like, heard it, whatever. But jizz in your hair, you're like, well, hang on. What? Did you just... Gets in your kitchen, mate. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Smart. But I think I, had, I think I had long hair, and I think it, I think I'd washed it that morning, and so you kind of go at the game, kind of you're not looking about you know your appearance. So I think it was like a bit buffy, you know. I kind of, yeah. I kind of, I kind of go, I don't go curly, I kind of go out, you know. Yeah. Like, big. I mean, COVID lockdowns, they were great photos. Of me so clearly, clearly, he was questioning why you had to wash your hair that morning, and obviously, well, it was because the Friday night pre-game ritual. Actually, You've got now, a bit of a superstition that you don't think, play well in this. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it, actually. It's actually... I'm actually getting a bit, a bit emotional. It's actually having a yeah. flashback. <laughs> yeah, makes a lot of sense. Hey, uh, can we uh, say thank you to all the people who came out to our live show last week? It was a cracking show, Adam. And that's yeah. not on us at all. It's on our three guests, Damien Fleming, Matthew Lloyd, Cam Mooney. They were fucking brilliant, weren't they? Yeah, it was really good fun. And um, they... She's a... Sports people just have the best stories. And whenever you talk to them beforehand, they're like, oh, I'm not very funny. You know, I'm not very good. And you're like, dude, you played at the highest level. Some good shit's got to have happened to you. And we're so excited to always hear it. And they, they were brilliant. They were fantastic. And they just, because they sit there and they watch like 10 minutes before they come on stage. So they know exactly the level that yep. we play at, which is uh, very low. And they all just... Um, <laughs> Get on board. And yeah, what it was a fantastic afternoon. So thank you once again to all the junk timers who came out. And obviously we do have to redact some things and cut some things out that, you know, happen in the live show. So that's why it's best that you come along so you get to see all the inside action before it has to get censored. Now, I, I, we, we, we talked to Matthew Lloyd before the show and he was like delightful and lovely and, mm. you know, and hilarious. Um, did you get to see Fleming Camuni before we went on stage or...? Uh, Cam Mooney I'd been with in the box the week before at the Carlton yep. Collingwood game, so I kind of gave my heads up of what it was like. But Flem, I hadn't, no. I hadn't spoken to Flem for a bit. Like, I think, I don't know if he listens, but he, he's aware that it was a comedy podcast and stuff. So I mean, last time I saw Flem, let me think, it was 2016, and I went to a box. Oh, I'm getting into your lifestyle. Uh, went to a box, a Hawthorne Stay Adelaide away. game. It was the game where Poppy went mad. He kicked about five goals and he kicked the sealer with like about 30 seconds left. And um, we came back from about five goals down. But it was um, part of that, um, you know, Limo's like Hawthorne group. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Could not think of a worth, worth bunch of blokes. But yeah, <laughs> I've got to get in on it. But I think the, I think the, I think the entrance fee is like, like you got to earn about 400 grand a year. But um, <laughs> so it's a, a group, a friend of the show, Anthony Lehman has, um, and it's like Flam... Ross Stevenson, 3W, John Sylvester, Crime Reporter, um, Steve Quartermain. Steve Quartermain. Yeah, so a, a bunch of them. And I remember we were working with a friend, Matt, at the time, and um, he's an Adelaide supporter. And I was like, oh, you know, we've got the invite to the box. I was like, you know, why not come along? Like, you know, it's a bit, a bit of a, a different thing. You're only at the G, you know, you know, it's something a bit different. And um, then Hawthorne won by about, you know, with... I think by three points, you know, with within thirty seconds, the siren, and um, and Matt, I said to him afterwards, I was like, he was like, I'll like thank you for letting me come to that, but it was yep. the worst night of my life. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, because a friend of the show, Declan Faye, as well, and um, and he said there was like eight or nine oh Hawthorne supporters, God. all going nuts, and he said Steve Quartermain was like, 
tapping him on the shoulder going, you're in shock, you're in shock, you can't believe it, can you? And he's like, I think I'm going to punch Steve Quartermain in the face. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but so we have another live show, mate. We do, we do. Post-grand final, we're back. After having to go to Zoom for the last couple of years, we are back live, Junk Timers, with the two guys, one cup, Junk Time crossover, grand final, Bonanza. It's going to be actually massive. We're going to have uh, Charlie Clawson joining us. We're going to have Will Anderson. He won't be able to actually make it in person, but he will call in, uh, like Charlie did, what, three years ago now when Iona was born. Oh, Iona yes. would be nearly three. Shout out to Iona. And um, yeah. and so it's going to be us. So, yeah, and so so just so you know, Junk Thomas will won't be there, but he will be on the phone just because he's got his um his show question. Everything is shooting that week, so he can't come down. Yeah, can't get a, a bit of a COVID bubble. But um, come on out, and we we'll obviously have a special guest coming along as well. Now we're in a bit yes. of a smaller venue this year. We're at the European Beer Cafe, but we're now downstairs, so it has a capacity of 140 people. So uh, not the kind of can't cram in like the 250 that we normally get. So if you want to jump on to try booking and get your tickets, uh, just type in junk time or two guys, one cup. Use the numbers, not the words. Um, and uh, and we can uh, enjoy the grand final, which <sighs> uh, yeah, I have no idea what it's going to be. I have no idea what's what your it's going to be. What's your prediction from here? I mean, if you look at just kind of prelims, you kind of go like, okay, Geelong and Sydney. But I'm like... Mm. Um, Ever since they brought the buy in, like it actually has been yeah. a lot of people losing that first qualifying or whatever. And um, and I'm going to um, go Sydney nowhere. Melbourne. Sydney oh, yeah? Melbourne is my grand final choice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, gotcha. So yeah, so Sydney to beat Collingwood. Yep. And then uh, Geelong to uh, Melbourne to beat Geelong. Ooh, jeez. Yeah, it's a big call, man. Yeah, I believe that will happen. I mean, Geelong kind of. They need to get one. Like, I, I saw a thing the other day. Like, you know, over the last 20 years, they've finished in top four four time, uh, 14 times. And Yeah, wow. And and have fallen short. I think, is it like six out of the last seven prelims? Am I right? I need to get my pen together and work it out. But, um, they, um, yeah, they definitely know how to make a prelim. Uh, but don't yes. know how to make a grand final. Yeah. Da, da, well, which da, they da, did da, in the COVID, da, da. COVID year in 2020, they were there. But, um. Uh, yeah, so get your tickets for the live show. It's going to be fantastic. Good fun afternoon. Do you find it interesting that Christian Petrarca has a broken leg and yet they're still more worried about his cork thigh, <laughs> a cork calf? Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was one and the same sort of injury because there was that, that smother that he got when he ran up behind Buddy, which I think he shouldn't have been able to be in the protected zone when he snuck up on Buddy. Like, Buddy was like... How the fuck did he smother that when he came from behind? And I'm all with that. But anyway, Buddy kicked him in the calf, which smothered the ball. And he got a contusion in his calf. Mm-hmm. And they're more worried about that. But he also got a hairline fracture of, I'm assuming it's the shin. Is it from the same incident? Do we know? Uh, that's a good question, actually. Yeah, actually, I actually don't know for sure. Because this could end, you know, the way racehorses go down. Like Christian Pachaka could be shot in the <laughs> semifinal. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, if he goes down, fucking leg's broken, you just go, mate, he's no good to anyone anymore. Fucking put him down. That's actually not a bad idea. Like, if we could bring the... I mean, it would help out the um, sports bet people and the like. If we could bet on players... Assassination. ...being shot with a shotgun. To put up the curtain. 
<laughs> hey, mate, you know, okay, you've, you've got a year left in your contract. Mm. You've just done a double ACL. Let's bring double. out the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> a double ACL. Double ACL. Mm. Let's bring out the curtain. Look, you know, a lot of kids will be crying, but it's for the best. Yeah, it's a reality. People die. People die all the time. Have you ever been at the races when they've done that? Uh, I reckon I must have been, but I don't. I, yeah, I think I definitely have, but I haven't seen it. Like yeah, I haven't, sure, sure, you know, sure. Because you just, mate, you, when you're in the birdcage, you're just in the Maya tent and you just, um, you know, you're on the dance floor, so you don't really see what's going on out there on the racetrack. You know what yeah, I work in the um, greyhound in- industry, so <laughs> I've never seen, never seen any of that yeah. kind of stuff at all. <laughs> Do you have any superstitions when you did you have any superstitions when you played footy? Not when I or played, sport? I don't think. I when I would go to games, actually I think by the fact that I think I worn them through, but I used to wear Hawthorne socks to games. And okay. then um uh I used to call my lucky jumper. So in 08, um I actually did an interview with um uh Campbell Brown and Andrew McVeigh? No? Is that right? Um, Campbell Brown and Handsome Guy. Essendon? Yeah. Essendon and Andrew Handsome. Welsh. I think you're Andrew right. Welsh. Yeah. Jared yeah. McVeigh. Yes. Mark McVeigh. Yes, that's right. Yes, so Andrew Welsh. And um, at the end, Campbell gave me a jumper. And so before the 08 Grand Final, I wrote in big letters, um, Cyril. On that jumper. Yep. And um, uh, people would call out after the game, like, hey, Cyril, hey, Cyril. And uh, it was really cool. And people liked me. God. <laughs> uh, you're an adult, adult fucking loser. And so when I went to the 2012 Grand Final, a friend of the show, Declan Faye again, um, he actually was doing a podcast with Hawthorne at the time. And he got a jumper that Cyril had signed. So I met with Declan before the game. And he gave me the jumper, and I was like, oh, cool, great. And I put the jumper on, and then we lost. And you lost. Yeah, so then that became my unlucky jumper, even though it was yep. you know, officially autographed by Cyril. And so then for the next three years, I put on, I made sure to wear my 08 Cyril jumper to Got make it. sure that it was, like, lucky. Right. Now, the reason three I months. asked that, I didn't want any of those stories, <laughs> but the reason I asked... <laughs> Is because there was an article in the Age this week, and they were talking about um, pre pre game rituals from players yep. and supporters and stuff. And like uh, some of them are kind of a bit like dull. Like a lot of players, just Max Gorn said he just watches a, a stupid movie, like an easy to watch. You know, can just sit down, don't have to think, two hours zone out, watch a movie. Yeah, like um, a Schindler's List. You know, just like something absolutely. You can yeah, just zone know, out, yeah. cruise through, no feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marcus Bontempelli says, I have an hour lie down, then wake up, I have a coffee. I typically always kick with the same player. It's Aaron Norton. We always have a kick in the warm-up together. And that's about it. Whereas someone like Scott Pendlebury uh, has more of a superstitious thing where he puts um, the left sock on and then the left boot, which is weird. Because don't you go sock, sock, shoe, shoe? Like a normal I imagine human? you would, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's... Uh I'm trying to think about my foot routine, and uh, Man, it's sock it's, sock because you stand there with your socks together, balled I, up. I'm I'm usually sock sock, and then mm. thong thong. <laughs> good, good, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I just go boat shoe, boat shoe <laughs> with no socks. And then there's a lady who's a Melbourne fan and she seems to pretty much go to every game. They go up to Northern Territory and they have a bit of a tradition where they um, go on a camel ride and oh, then yeah. they sell crepes at the game, which is possibly the most Melbourne thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> but I do love this guy at the end of the article. He talks about how <laughs> a sophisticated guy. He talks mm. about, um, uh, here we go, Shane Mulgrave, uh, who, in quotes, smashes 10 pots at the All Nations Hotel before catching the courtesy bus to the game. <laughs> See, he's got a down patch. Shane knows what's going on. I wonder if Burbank and Babbage are like, well, after every grand final win, we like to end up in prison. Like, I wonder if that will become a tradition <laughs> for them now. Like, they'll feel lost not uh, knowing. Dude. Like, they, they probably blame themselves for the loss on the weekend because they hadn't, you know, jumped three borders and, and yeah. falsified official documents. For and sure. It's their Imagine, fault. I mean, if they have their, pr- if they do have kind of, you know, and people have that superstition of like, you know, you know, don't move seats or, you know, like yeah. you said, you know, like last week or whatever, like, um, you know, a friend said, you know, I think we've got this. It's like, what are you saying? Like the tradition, yep. if like Melbourne make the grand final, like those motherfuckers have to go like, okay, we've got to go to, uh, Falls, pretend, Hotham, and pretend yeah, we've lived like, there for a little bit. Yep, and then we've got to go to Darwin. And Darwin, then we got to falsify go to some documents and Perth. make up an address that we don't live at. Yeah, and then, and go to then come back to Melbourne for the grand final. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's fucking, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> not, it's not easy for them. Not easy. Do, you have, do you have superstitions like a comedy festival? I know that I do, that I'll always have my routine in my back left pocket and then another routine like in my front left pocket and always do that and maybe one beer before the show. Do you mean like a like your set list? Yep, yep. Yeah, gotcha. Have you ever had to pull it out and have a look? Uh, no, because I have a cheat one on the table next to me. Yeah, gotcha. But I have. Hey, there uh, has been times. Oh, there, there there has been times. You know when you forget your material, and like ten seconds feels like five minutes as you're standing yeah. there going, oh, I cannot remember what the fuck is next. Yeah, yeah. I actually met a wrestler. Uh, God, a number I'll of years ago, you're gonna love this story for a couple of minutes. But uh, Mick Foley, aka Mankind, aka Do Love, and um, he did a stand-up show, and I met him after the show, and we had dinner at a, a Greek restaurant called Stalactites. And um, did you really? And he, um, lovely guy. Mankind's kind he, of a big deal, isn't he? Yeah, he's a fucking big deal. Yeah. How'd, like, how'd you actually, end up having dinner with him? It freaked me out, like hanging out with him. Yeah. How did and, that happen? Um, oh, so okay, so he um he did a show with another friend, uh, Brendan Burns. You know Burnsy. Yep. yep. And um, uh, they did like a double bill. They toured around the country, and um, right. uh, another couple of friends of mine were producing the show, and um, so I had to work that day, and so they were at the Athenaeum, so I went by to go and um see my two friends who were producing on the way home. And I was like, oh, I'm going to catch up with Bernsey too. And then um, Mick Foley was doing his meet and greet. So I got a photo with Mick. And then Bernsey afterwards was like, I saw him and he was like, um, hey, we're going to dinner. You want to come? And I'm like, I want to go to there. And so we hung out for, you know, two hours or whatever. And um, he was broken. Like he went out the back of the Athenaeum. Like you have about 10, st- um, 10 steps to walk up the stairs. And he was broken. Struggling big time, but since then yeah, he's mate, had like mate, hip replacements and knee replacements. Comedy, comedy will do that to you. 
But he did show me a little trick, actually, in that he showed me he writes he wrote his set list on his water bottle. And so oh, that's, that's clever. I've never actually done it, but like he had like about seven things written on the water bottle. And he was like, you know, you can go over and kind of look at it, hold it up and, you know, figure out where you are. And I was like, that's actually a really good idea. Um, anyway, Mick Foley got thrown off the, ca- uh, off the top of Hell of a Cell by The Undertaker in 1998. And uh, Jim Ross said, oh, my God, he's broken in half. We now, should do some Mick footballers Foley- in real life. <laughs> uh, from Larry. Uh, plenty of Fife in real life sightings lately. Uh, he lives around the corner, but rarely see him. Uh, was in the local IGA. What's odd? He was wearing a Fremantle beanie. Oh, that's the classic Fife. That is fucking... Yeah, he loves it. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't have a... Maybe the Pirate Life one was in the wash. Or the or the brand Fife one must have been dirty. Uh, who the fuck wears a club beanie when they play for the club? Nathan Fife. He, uh, I can picture him doing that. Uh, I think I he was. Think, I think a lot of. I reckon a lot of players do that. You know, they get the free shit. They free just wear it. They maybe yeah. not. Maybe not the jumper, but the beanie. I reckon you do. Yeah. Um, I think he's having a midlife identity crisis. <laughs> he was also <laughs> buying cheap white bread. Uh, very frowned upon in South Fremantle. Uh, drives a Lexus. I believe he does very well for himself. I didn't think he'd be a Lexus man. I thought he'd be some sort of sports car-y type dude. You know, do you although think he's probably got to deal with uh, Lexus and Fremantle, our good friends. Do they have a connection like Lexus to the club, needs. you reckon, maybe? Like a bit of a freebie? Yeah, I'd, five he's not paying for his car. Uh, we've actually got a lot of footballers in real life, actually. Yeah. Uh, from Jeremy, I was drinking at the Civic Hotel in Inglewood, Perth, another Perth one, uh, last Sunday when I ran into two-time premiership Lewis Jetta. Uh, uh, the reason I remembered he, w- he had won two premierships is because he had both of his 2012, we don't talk about that, and 2018 medals with him. He was enjoying a few beers with mates and proudly showing off the medals to anyone who was interested. Uh, they had clearly seen better days, leading me to believe that it wasn't the first time he'd brought them out on the town. Wow, pretty bold. You know, your you know what? Out. No, no. Fucking great idea. If you're a footballer and that's all you live for and you're in the town where you won a flag for that team, then you are going to may as well let everybody know. People see you like, mate, are you Lewis Jetta? You're like, oh, did you notice this premiership medal that I'm wearing? Go buy me a beer. I fucking won you a flag. I made your fucking life. He, one of the more memorable moments was the... Him and Cyril, yeah? Well, I'm going to get to that. But the um, the prelim where he ran, I would estimate, 80 metres and bounced the ball three times. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then the next week, Cyril and Dennis committee with the great um, commentary kind of something along of you know, it's a main event in any stadium. You know, it's Usain Bolt, you know, versus Usain Bolt. Um, but I will maintain that Cyril actually had a bunch of contests before that, so I was a bit tired. But then he pushed. <laughs> Fuck he, off. He pushed Lewis and back and got downfield. And anyway, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I was we- I was wearing my unlucky jumper. Uh, me, uh, from me, I saw Nick Holland. Mm. At uh, the FLW game last weekend, Hawthorne Essendon. So, f- former Hawthorne player? Yeah. Who else did he play for? North? No, just oh. Hawthorne. Had a brother, Ben, who played for Richmond. Um, okay. Looking sharp, though. Look like looking fit as fuck. Yep. Uh, from Andrew, does this qualify as footballers in real life? I'm hoping it does because of the buy. I saw Adam having a coffee with Sam Pang 
at Sibling Cafe in North Carlton. It was freezing outside. They're both in shorts. What's going on here, mate? I don't know about that, Andrew. I don't think I was in shorts. Uh, Sam may have been, but I I doubt very much. I was wearing shorts in winter. I'm not that guy. Catch up with him I often, c- like you know. What are you? What are you? What are you? Cold. What are you plotting? What are you scheming? We were actually talking about um, his stand-up show, which he's doing the show with Mick Malloy, Marty Sheargold, and Lawrence Mooney at the end of the year. So we were just chatting, chatting all things stand-up because Sam, Sam loves his stand-up. Uh, from name not here i'm par- i apologize i didn't put that in there uh after a solo night on the piss watching the match of the round eagles cats a few mates and i decided to head to leaderville for a nightcap at the hallowed hippie club oh here we go do you remember when we did half an hour on the hippie club yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> shout out hippie to lounge. the hippie club I'm sure they're big fans of the show uh whilst that getting drinks dj e funk was nowhere to be found, however. Oh, come on, E-Funk. <laughs> E-Funk. Night off, mate. I mean, yeah, it's working seven days a week. True, uh, that's true. Uh, however, surrounded by a small enthusiastic entourage, uh, Eagles Big Bang Nick Natanui was spotted enjoying what seemed to be a gin and tonic or perhaps a vodka lime and soda. Nick Nat at the Hippie Club. Fucking hell, that's a big get. That is, isn't it? Uh, no wonder no wonder uh, DJ E-Funk took the night off. You can't compete. I reckon they would have been put Nick Nat in the decks. Actually, probably be fair enough because like people go, Nick Nat's coming in, and DJ E Funk is like, "Look, I'll might I might not have the night off because I don't want the crowd going too wild. Like we can't." Yeah, have yeah, Nick absolutely. Nat and DJ yeah, E Funk yeah. in the same yeah, room. Yeah, because you know I'll I'll whip them into such a frenzy they might injure Nick Nat. <laughs> uh, later in the night, to take a break from the crowded dance floor after a well-received grease medley. <laughs> medley. <laughs> <laughs> I also bumped into Lewis Shadow, apparently thinking of hanging up the boots at the Mighty Black Ducks, the Swan Districts. Uh, didn't stay to chat because as a Blues fan, oh, sorry, poor unfortunate, I felt good night's sleep was needed to best foster a pensive mindset for the following afternoon's season-defining game against the Pies. How'd that game go? I, I can't remember. How'd it work out for you guys? Mm, I would have headed back to Hippie Club if I was uh, name redacted. Uh, from Simon, hope Rosie's gotten past a pretty disappointing finals miss for the Blues. <laughs> you didn't need to put this bit in. He also says I really felt for him I Sunday Arvo. Yeah. I really felt for him on Sunday Arvo. There you go. That's that's nice. Thank you, Simon. Thank you. You're good, you're good human. <laughs> anyway, just spotted Nick Lizard Blakely uh, heading into a shopping centre in Rosebury at lunch today. Couldn't miss that glorious mullet and mo. He was actually really fucking tall in real life, which I found surprising. He stepped out of a pretty uh, beat-up Holden Captiva uh, that he had parked illegally with the rear of the car basically in a roundabout. (laughs) Uh, Didn't even have the decency to leave his hazard lights on. I thought about telling him that I'd just seen a couple of rangers. Oh, rangers. (laughs) Can't read. I just seen a couple of rangers booking cars around the corner, but figured he could afford it. Doing very well. Love it. Uh, from Ben, Brody Grundy, uh, Armand Croissant and Ed Langdon having a coffee, no pastry, at Loafer in North Victoria. Do you know that one? Uh, no. Yes, 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 I do. I do know where Loafer is. Um, that's interesting. How would Ed Langdon and Brody Grundy be friends? I suppose maybe because, was it Tom Langdon that played with Collingwood for a little bit? That's a very good question, man. I mean... What do you reckon? Unless you it was Tom Langdon that he saw, uh, because he does look a little bit like Ed. Do you mm. reckon? We'll actually, nev- we'll never know. Brody might be moving on. 
It's looking likely, isn't it? It's looking yeah. like he'll go to either Melbourne or Geelong and Collingwood will be paying part of his wage. It does look like he's going to go to... He doesn't want to go to South Australia. Everyone's like, he's from there. It's like, yeah, but he fucking lives here now. He lives, obviously, around North Fitzroy. He's in a good area. He's not going to give that up. I uh, I know it's, you know, it's obviously kind of worked out with Buddy by the fact that, you know, hey, you know, they've made a few grand finals, but they, I mean, haven't won one, but, you know, you know, he makes it up with um, jumper sales, you know. But, I mean, yeah. I had to be um, cane corns, but, yeah, the seven-year deals kind of give me the heebie-jeebies every time they come up. You're more of a six-year deal man or a 15-year deal? Uh, look, I'm just saying... That's my take. <laughs> uh, from Josh. Up in Sydney on Monday for work. Uh, ran into Callum Sinclair and Isaac Heaney chowing down on some pastries at Black Star Bakery at the EG. EQ. EQ. Oh, so yeah, that's the um, entertainment quarter, Fox Studios. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, only did I realise uh, later that day that Callum hung up the boots that very same morning. Skinfold's already going to the wayside, I say. <laughs> from Liam. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time footballer in real life. Uh, uh, flown down from Sydney to Melbourne for the qualifying final. Doing very well for myself. Uh, decided midway through the second quarter, the ideal time for a short queue in the urinal. Uh, intimidation hit me when I realised the penis <laughs> 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 next to me belonged to none other than Brisbane Bears legend Nathan Buckley. Uh, as we washed our hands side by side, I decided I should say something. What came in my mouth was, I never thought I'd be taking a piss next to Nathan Bucks, Nathan Buckley. Uh, after asking me to repeat myself over the noise of the hand dryer, he responded, <laughs> now, now your life's complete. <laughs> he patted me on the back three times. Strange to see such a famous penis in a civilian bathroom. <laughs> at uh, least you're confident in Buckley. the knowledge. Yeah, you feel like you, um, at least you'd be confident that when he patted you on the back, he had washed his hands, unlike the other 70,000 blokes at the ground. <laughs> That's right. And funny. also, there was one quick sighting that we had sent in to us from Reese that um, uh, they sent us a bit of a um, an Instagram post. The Catman is back. I saw that. Yeah, thank you, Reese. Yeah, Catman's back, and yeah. he's more racist than ever, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And also, at the end of it, I, I don't know if you watched the whole video, but he does like a couple of meows, and I'm pretty sure he ends with a wolf. Okay. Like he barks at the end. He just go, you know, you're a fucking cat, yeah. <laughs> and also, like meowing your, is like not name. actually kind of particularly threatening. Like, if you have a dog barking at yeah. you, you, go, okay, I'm a bit that a bit standoffish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if a cat comes up and goes meow, you're like, okay, yeah, fucking, yeah. I can take a cat. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, mate. Yeah. But Catman's back like, in town. Um, I don't actually know what, what brought it on, but um, I I feel like if you've lived an identity for like. 20 odd years where uh, all you do is dress up like a cat uh, with face paint and um, fake teeth and go to football games. Oh, do you think, do you think anonymity? He I feel, I feel, well I feel it's hard to kind of walk it back. Yeah. I feel yeah, like that's yeah. your identity. Then, um, you know, when you, <laughs> when you have to catch a train home from Southern Cross <laughs> Station at <laughs> 7pm, dressed like yeah. a fucking cat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get used to the adulation, don't you? <laughs> True. Yeah, you do. You do. Hey, uh, don't forget our live show, the grand final live show with Charlie Close and Will Anderson's going to call in. It's going to be absolutely awesome. And uh, we've yeah. got so many um, amazing weeks of September still to come. We are Junk Time Alpha Pod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. Go Hawks. Go Swans. Jack, Jack.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.